I'm Bernie Sanders. I'm running for president. 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 Our campaign is about transforming our country and creating a government based on the principles of economic, social, racial, and environmental justice. Damn Our campaign is about taking on the powerful special interests that dominate our economic and political life. I'm talking about Wall Preach. Street, the health insurance companies, Wall Street, the drug companies, Wall Street, the fossil fuel industry, Bloody Wall, Wall Street, Street military-industrial complex, of those guys. Wall Street, the private prison industry, Wall Street, and the large... Wall Street, Wall Street, Wall Street. What are we saying, people? You know what time it is. It's time for Party Roulette. My name is Felix. So I've been gone for approximately two months. I hope you haven't missed me too much. Uh, it was quite a time. And for those of you who follow me on Facebook, you might have seen that I was actually in Iowa... I put my money where my mouth is, quite literally. Or you put your money where my mouth is. Because uh, I did a GoFundMe to keep me in Iowa, where I was campaigning for the great Bernard Sanders. I was about to say the late great, but that implies that he's dead, which he's definitely not. In fact, old age is one of the main propaganda tools used against him, which is simply not true, because if you look at the movement, as you can see, I'm still stuck in the Bernie Sanders canvassing mindset, uh, which has been quite difficult to get out of. And I found myself in Amsterdam just talking to still whoever will listen about Bernie and why he's going to change the world but yeah it was quite quite the time to be honest uh really good stuff if I want to I'll give you guys a quick breakdown of how exactly it happened because some people have been confused about how how the hell I ended up in Iowa so I was in uh Florida with my family over Christmas and then I noticed the day before we were flying that we were flying back via Chicago. So I was like, you know what, mate? Chicago is only five hours away from Iowa by bus. So I could potentially just get on a bus to Cedar Rapids, chill there for a bit. Of course, we have the very famous Hillary Clinton video from like four years ago when she was on the campaign trail in cedar rapids it's my, my boy rory showed me this when i told him i was going cedar rapids give me one one quick second everyone in cedar rapids hadn't heard of this video either i'm just chilling in cedar rapids i'm just chilling in cedar rapids as you can see that charisma that winning smile that energy is really what won over the voters in 2016 oh wait you lost to donald trump and he wasn't even really trying to win how funny is that uh yeah but no it was really good really interesting stuff over there i'd never really experienced america like that before um because i've been there a lot my dad's from dc um like on holiday all the time and at least once a year um but that's holiday you know you're traveling around chilling by the beach going to see touristy stuff but when i was in iowa like talking to dozens of people every single day trying to get them around to the movement convince them of why bernie's the guy you see exactly like how divided this country is and i think everybody in europe is kind of aware aware of it to an extent but we don't really think about it in real terms we just kind of see donald trump and the media narrative here is so concretely against him 
and understands that he's a terrible guy because he's a racist, sexist, homophobe, against abortion, against all of these things which we love here in Europe, we value here in Europe, and yeah, it's just way more, just he is against everything, which is commonplace, whereas in America, something that I really thought was prevalent, and I was actually affected by, especially when I was on university campuses, there is this... this preference or this inclination towards people censoring themselves. And this was something that I noticed amongst my peers who were all of similar age to me, who were the Bernie staffers in Cedar Rapids and also in universities as well. Uh, when I was hanging out with left-leaning people in the early 20s and late 20s and whatnot, there is way more of an inclination towards self-censorship where people think a lot more about what they're saying and they're conscious of it because there is this the extent to which freedom of speech is allowed in America and is cherished has, as a legal institution has actually made it far more precarious and strenuous and divided amongst interpersonal, informal, conversational relationships. And what I mean by that is that if you're having a conversation, if you're at the pub, whatever, with just your friends and your left-leaning people, university students, whatever, you'll find a lot more of people thinking a lot about what they say. And I'm from a culture in London where people literally just say whatever's on their mind as soon as it comes to them. Don't think twice about it. If you want to insult someone, go right ahead. People don't get offended anywhere near as easily. Um, and there is that, like, I always thought it was greatly exaggerated by people who lean towards the right um, or the conservative side in America about how there is this safe space culture and there is a culture of people being triggered because in the European context, there is some of that, but it's really not a widespread thing. And I think in America, it, there is a lot of that. And not to say that I agree with the flip side and people who are on the conservative side of it and just say whatever horrible thing comes into their mind and don't give a single shit about how that might affect people or make them feel. But because you have that, that one side there who will say whatever they want and take pride in that, it, it kind of illuminated to me why Trump was so popular. Um, not just the fact that he was anti-establishment and he was actually saying the right stuff on the campaign trail in, in 2016. It was the fact that he was just saying whatever he wanted to say. It wasn't necessarily that all Trump supporters loved the fact that he was a racist or a sexist or whatever or just being an idiot. They just liked the fact that he didn't give a single shit and that he would get up in front of 10,000 people and just fire from the hip. Say whatever came to his mind, whatever felt comfortable within that room, he'd just say it. And he didn't he didn't care at all if it was accurate or if he was contradicting himself twice in five minutes. It didn't matter. And that wasn't the point. And there was there's also been such a a long standing tradition, if you look at politicians like Bill Clinton and Obama, Reagan, of politicians like having amazing rhetoric and just saying the perfect things and with beautiful pronunciation and selection of words and all of this. And then you get somebody like Trump who comes along, who's like, you know, they're rapists. I imagine some of them are good people, but not, not all of them. And, uh, you know, you know, we got to think about ourselves as America and it's tremendous what we've been doing here with the, with the Trump policies and the campaign and, and all of this. And he just, 
you know he never prepared a single speech. He literally just went up there and did improv. That was why people loved him because he was kind of representing them. A lot of right-wing people who had, I think, been disillusioned by this self-censorship that I'd noticed. This is more specifically to do with young people and I think older people to an extent, but I really was affected by it amongst young people. Um, but yeah, so that was that was very illuminating and with regards to why Trump is so popular. Um, and I do think that people in Europe look at him too one-dimensionally and just think about how, you know, oh, he's so terrible, isn't he? He's such a bad guy. I genuinely had so much sympathy for Trump supporters when I met them compared to like Buttigieg supporters or Biden supporters or Klobuchar supporters. And I'd ask them like, why do you like Klobuchar? Why do you like Buttigieg? And they go, uh, well, I, I met him. I met Buttigieg and he was lovely. He just spoke so well. And I was like, I would explain how he doesn't actually stand for anything, how he doesn't want to change America in any real way. And, you know, his policies, he's just stealing the rhetoric of Bernie. He's stealing the rhetoric of the left. And he's just, he's a status quo politician who's never going to be Obama. And they'd go like, yeah, but I like him. I, I just I just like his 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 pathos, you know, his ethos, whatever that is in rhetoric, because he's just he's just trying to be like a vanilla Obama. He's just copying the playbook, and that would annoy me so much because if you're a Democrat and you want to see Trump out of office, and that's your main thing, and you're also a Democrat, which means you just you know you should the way I, the big ideological differences I see between the two parties is Republicans represent individualism. And they're not interested in Bernie Sanders because he is a socialist and he wants to have social responsibility within society. Whereas the Republicans, Donald Trump, the establishment Republicans as well, they couldn't care less about that. They actively say, no, I don't want any of my money going to help other people. That's not my thing. I don't like that. And if you take that position, you can take that position. There's not much that I or anybody else can say to to dissuade you from that. That is just genuine Diff genuinely different morals whereas somebody who supports biden or Buttigieg or klobuchar in theory they want to you know help people they want to see you know the poorest in society helped out and society change for the better whereas the republicans are essentially for the status quo but if people are buying into the lies and the and the fake rhetoric being pushed by these establishment democrats then that would just infuriate me because i'm like we currently have a candidate right now bernie who is actually going to change his country, actually is going to beat Donald Trump, actually going to usher in a new movement around the world of solidarity politics and action on climate change. And he's literally the only hope we have. And you supporting these establishment politicians, that is an active part of the problem. Way more than anybody supporting Trump is an active part of the problem. Like Bernie's going to destroy Trump in the general. It won't even be close. And whenever I met a Trump supporter, a lot of them would be kind of embarrassed about it and be like oh i'd be like oh yeah you uh my name is felix i'm a volunteer for bernie are you a bernie supporter yourself and they would go nope i was like okay who are you, you planning on caucusing on february 3rd and they go nope and i'm like are you a trump supporter and they go uh yeah 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 and they have to say it kind of quiet because they're on campus and the friends can hear around them and they don't want to be labeled as a trump supporter it's like the uh the first episode of the new series of curb your enthusiasm where Larry David realizes that if he puts on a Make America Great Again hat, nobody will want to talk to him. 
So he's going around town, like, getting all these situations and, like, getting arguments and restaurants and shit. He just pulls on the hat and, like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Didn't, didn't, mean, didn't mean to offend. I'll just, I'll just be going now. <laughs> it, is, it is a bit like that. There's a lot of shame attached to it. Um, but people who I would speak to, I'd, like, I'd ask them, why'd you vote for Trump? Why'd you like him? They would all just say, because he's different, man. Because he was actually, he wasn't, I didn't agree with most of the stuff he said. I don't like him as a guy necessarily i don't like his policies necessarily even though there is this huge like republican backing of him now where they've just supported him and they push the narrative that he's actually a really good politician he's changed things which totally isn't true but people like the average trump voter i spoke to wasn't a racist wasn't a sexist wasn't a homophobe wasn't an idiot they were just somebody who had the choice between hillary and trump and they saw a guy there who was actually changing up the game and genuinely wanting or like claiming to want inadvertently resulting in a new era for establishment for politics in America. And just he he destroyed the Republican establishment by winning the nomination. And then he destroyed the Democratic establishment by defeating Hillary Clinton. And I hate him just as much as the next guy. But that is like a purely consequential event is beautiful. That is just like fair play to you there, bro. I'm sure a lot of you listening are like, oh, you know, this is some controversial opinions on Donald Trump. But honestly, like, if you go there and you see the situation, it's it's very different to the narrative which we've we've tended to understand here in Europe. But yeah, I had this idea that I'd be going to Cedar Rapids. Uh, I was originally going for a week, um, and I arrived on like the seventh, and. Yeah, I figured there'd be like lines out the door every day and dozens of volunteers coming in from all over the country because Cedar Rapids is like the second biggest city in Iowa. Um, yeah, I thought I'd just be like one guy among many just knocking on doors, doing whatever, you know, really not a thing. And I get there and there's only like me and three other full-time volunteers. And then, oh goodness, what was that? Some kind of burp or discharge just from my throat came up there. Sorry about that, listeners. But yeah, so I was, uh, it was me, three other full-time volunteers, my boys, McNair, Eddie, and Logan, shout out, big fucking, big love for them, and uh, yeah, all the staffers as well, who were wonderful, and there was like 15 of them, so it was, you know, I, I really did feel like I was part of something when I was on this, and I, you know, it was, it was a very special movement to get into, because so much of what Bernie represents isn't, it's not just a political campaign, you know, it's, it's a social movement that's been building up in America for like 20 years now. And these guys, Logan and McNair, they've been a part of it in very big ways. They were, Logan was in the Ninth Ward in Katrina, which were tasked with basically recovering uh, damaged homes so that the council wasn't going to reclaim them or condemn them, bulldoze them and then reclaim the land away from the people who had been living there who were now refugees in other states so really messed up stuff the government of Louisiana was trying to do after Katrina. Logan and all his boys, uh, and this guy, uh, Jake as well, who was there, they were like recovering these houses for people and like putting them in touch with, you know, the the contacts and letting them know that, hey, your house is about to be bulldozed and reclaimed, you need to come back and make a statement and whatnot. Um, and McNair and Logan, they also did Occupy in a very big way. They were organizers of that, um, Occupy Wall Street, which 
spread across the whole country and was a massive you know solidarity movement standing up to corporate interests um but yeah bernie really represents this and they were telling me always i was like man this is insane you know i've never seen anything like this i've never been involved with like politics before in a direct way uh this is this is so cool but this must be like you know kind of normal for you and they were like nah man nah this is the first time where the movement the like uprising the revolution has actually flirted with power is actually very close to getting the presidency and having all of our aims just you know it'd, it'd be so great to see all of bernie's policies implemented in america but it is about so much more than that and it's about having a president who's going to be the president of america who's leader of the free world essentially working only for regular people and not just americans but the average person in every single country across the world and the america still has so much political power that's what i always tell people when they were asking me like oh why did you come here to iowa you're not american why 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 did you give a why did you give a shit about this this ain't your field man why'd you care I was like, well, American policy dictates global policy. This is incredibly important, especially with climate change. Um, and if we have a president who really stands up for that and genuinely doesn't give a flying flamingo about any corporate interests, any establishment interests, any just all of that is secondary to the people. You know, there are a lot of great politicians around the world. Um, like Angela Merkel, for example, and she does fight for people and she has done very good things for Germany. But I still don't think that, I still think she cares about what the establishment thinks. She cares about what her party thinks of her. She cares about what corporate interests think of her. She cares about what the EU establishment thinks of her. And that ultimately will impact your judgment of how, how much you're willing to work for the people. And with Bernie, we have a candidate who is like, he has founded his identity and his movement upon the idea of we are going to stand up to all of these people and obviously in america it's different context to germany and there is a lot more to fight against but it doesn't change the fact that he's just completely anti-establishment in every possible way and that is why they are so shook of him becoming president and him actually changing things because they know that if this guy gets into office day one he's shaking shit up weed legal day one you know, college college uh, debt cancelled day one. Medical debt cancelled day one. So much stuff, and he's he's really gonna fight Congress, and that's that's the beautiful thing. I've spoken about it on previous podcasts, but the the spiel I had to give to so many people to get him behind Bernie, and why his aims are gonna be achieved. Of he's gonna take the FDR style approach. I had like I had this whole like tactic for people you know because i'd i'd, I'd base i was basically like either knocking on doors or w walking up to people in cafeterias and just sitting down and be like hey how are you doing and they look at me like what are you who are you <laughs> and i'm like my name is fierce from bernie sanders and they'd most people especially on college campuses i wasn't too impressed with the outreach and i feel like if you're looking at the numbers, college students support Bernie like 55%. And the colleges I was going to were not indicative of that. And you can say like, oh, Iowa's the Midwest, it's more conservative, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it's nearly a swing state. They put so much focus into Iowa because it's, it's the first primary or first caucus, I should say. That's another funny thing. So <laughs> if you don't know how the Iowa caucuses work, 
don't blame yourself. Nobody really knows how they work. They're a flipping mess. So basically, normally, you know, you have an election and everyone just goes and votes and you write it down on a piece of paper. You put it in the box. Bish, bash, bosh. You're donezos. Easy. You can do it the whole day. You know, you've got 12 hours to do it. If you're working a shift, you can normally do that as well. It's very easy. In Iowa, they don't do that. They do caucuses. And a caucus, the only reason they invented this whole thing is because in New Hampshire's constitution, their state constitution, it says that they have to be the first primary election in the uh, presidential race. That's just a thing. It's been like that since, you know, the, the republic was created. The republic? Yeah, the Republic, the Constitution, whatever you call it. It's it's day one stuff, you know. It always New Hampshire's first. But then Iowa, don't know exactly when, uh, a long time ago, a long, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, they were like, no, we want to be first. And New Hampshire were like, no, we're first. It says so on this piece of paper from 200 years ago, F you. And, uh, and Iowa were like, meh, 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 meh. Man, we want we want to be first. So they came up with this whole bloody thing about a caucus, which is basically where, so instead of everybody coming in and voting throughout the day, you have one set time, which is at 7 p.m. across the entire state, where everybody goes to like their local gymnasium or hall or library or whatever, just like the big public space in the hood. And they go there, and there's normally like on average maybe 100 people uh, at one of these caucuses and they stand in different corners so there's like a bernie corner and a biden corner and a warren corner and they're all like i support bernie i support biden and they have to reach 15 percent of the total number of people in the room for each group to be vi- to be viable and to receive a share of the delegates which then get converted into another form of delegate it's a mess man it took me took me years to understand this and uh yeah, so for example, say if it's a room of 100 people and there's 10 Andrew Yang supporters. Andrew Yang has also just dropped out. Scandalous news, man, scandalous news. I'm quite happy, actually, because I think we'll get a lot of his supporters over to Bernie. But I digress. If the, if the room in the Iowa caucus has 100 people and there's 10 Andrew Yang supporters, then Andrew Yang is not viable. So then his supporters, after the first round, they can either leave or they can rejoin other groups. Um, and if a group between the breaks, so say if Klobuchar also has 10 people in that room, the Andrew Yang people can go up to the Klobuchar people and vice versa and convince them to come over. So if the Andrew Yang people manage to convince five of the Klobuchar people to come over, bish bash bosh, Andrew Yang is now viable and he gets a share of the delegates. And if you're already viable in the first round, you can't switch groups. Uh, yeah, so that was that was happening. You know, it's like very unnecessarily long and silly and people just people vote based on like peer pressure basically and just like you know, if especially in these like neighborhood settings, they'll walk in and be like, "Mhm, okay, okay, I see I see Brian and Judy are uh, are voting for are voting for uh, Elizabeth Warren." Mhm, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go for Warren. Actually, yeah, I was gonna go for Bernie, but actually, if Judy's if Judy's going for Warren, I don't want to, you know, have any kind of beef at uh at the Sunday lunch. No, no. You you get you get like thousands of people who that happens to in an indirect way to greater or lesser extents, but like 
voting, I believe at least, should be a private thing and not something. Obviously, something you can discuss, but the actual vote, if you want to keep it private, you should have the option to keep it private. And I met a lot of people in Iowa, like couples who I'd knock on their doors and they'd be like, you know, me and my wife don't speak about politics anymore. No, 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 not after I voted for Trump. She voted for, wait, 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 we don't get into that. And he'd like, he'd step out onto the doorstep and I'm there in the cold. It's like man, minus 15 degrees. Have you, heard, have you heard about, 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 about Bernie Sanders? But he's going to save the world. <laughs> I'm trying to give him stickers with my fingers frozen together. But yeah, like people are very afraid to talk about these things sometimes. Um, because in Iowa, it's such a public domain thing. And it's so in their face all the time. Um, but yeah, the caucuses are just insane. And on the day of the caucuses, I remember like, my boy Logan was driving me to the college where I was going to convince people all day. Um, and we were driving there. We both got in the car and I was grinning. And it was like, it was literally like D-Day, you know? It was like a month of prep and talking to people and all this stuff. And the whole office was like balls to the wall stress for like the whole week prior. And we get in the car and he's got like this huge Jeep, you know? And he's just, he's a precinct captain in some like middle of nowhere place where there's like 20 people who are going. And I'm going to this college. I'm not even like supposed to be going there. I'm just turning up and like, you know, fighting for Bernie. And it literally, we were driving there. And I just knew like everyone working in the Bernie campaign throughout the state, like, you know, 200, 300 staffers, thousands of volunteers were all in the exact same mindset of like, today is the day. This is the hustle. This is when it counts. And the crazy thing as well, man, is that he won and anyone who's listening right now will think like, oh yeah but he didn't really win because he won like the popular count uh, but he didn't win the delegate count which is how they determine it so that's the technical winner so that's why pete Buttigieg got two more state delegates you know bollocks absolute bollocks man no don't believe the lies he won the popular vote by 6,000 votes. That's a margin of 3.5%. That is not small. Firstly, that's just getting the whole popular vote, real democracy thing out of the way. He won, this, he won the delegates as well. If you look at the official count right now, it's 550 for Buttigieg. For Buttigieg. Buttigieg. 547 for Bernie. So you look at that and you think, ah, that's the 0.1% difference. Buttigieg technically won. Also, 0.1% difference. Why does he get an extra delegate? What's all that about? New Hampshire just happened. Bernie won by 2.5%, or whatever it was, around 2%. He, They got the same number of delegates. Hmm. Funny that. Funny that. Funny that. Funny how that works. But yeah, if... So the bernie campaign there was obviously with the iowa caucuses for those of you who don't know there was insane mess ups the app which was collecting the results on the night called shadow completely malfunctioned and you know malfunction is almost being a bit generous with the analysis of this because the pete campaign personally funded forty thousand dollars to this app and i hear that and I'm like, that. why would you do that, mate? Like, your campaign isn't exactly mega rich. You don't exactly have a lot of black people sending in $27 a month to your campaign, do you? 
Why would you donate 40 grand? Oh, I see. Because it's the, yeah, corruption. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, and it's come out recently that this app was actually receiving the results as they were coming in from the caucus organizers and literally just receiving them wrong. So, you know, they'd be input and then the app would change it. And there was mistakes in so many caucuses and there's one and a half thousand of them across the state. And of course, surprise, 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 most of the mistakes were against Bernie. And it just seems like there's so much shady stuff going on with this whole thing, man. And Pete's campaign has been like, he's such a slimy little piece of work, man. Like he knows the only chance he's got is to win Iowa, win New Hampshire. And he still lost both, but he right now, him and Bernie, it's, you know, it's looking between them. But realistically, I don't think it's going to happen because he just... He's got zero percent black support, and how how the how the flamingo are you gonna win a democratic primary with zero percent black support? That's not a thing. Just, you're gonna get to California, you're gonna get to the southern states, and you're just gonna get creamed, absolutely creamed. I'm looking forward to it so much. But yeah, so all of this stuff happened with the caucuses. That was my tangent about Buddha done for a second. We'll get back to that guy in a second. Don't you worry. You stay here, man. You stay right there. Don't you move. But yeah, so this whole thing with Shadow happened. And, you know, it took him it took him three days to release the full results. In the meantime, Pete did a victory speech where he, he used the beautifully ambiguous wording of we are heading we're heading to new hampshire victorious and it's like you didn't claim victory there technically you could that can be interpreted a lot of ways like you could say like oh like in many ways the klobuchar campaign was victorious that night as well because they got uh nearly as much as biden got and they way outperformed what they thought they were going to do so they were victorious in a way as well and now they're on 20 percent. they just blew new hampshire out of the water they got they beat they got more than Warren and Biden combined. They're victorious, but they're not actually because they came third. So he's he's a very he's very smart in how he words things, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, but he did like a whole victory lap, you know, and he got coverage on CNN, MSNBC to a lesser extent, but still like all of the data coming in constantly showed Buttigieg number one, Buttigieg number one. And they first released 72%, then 83 then 94 then 95 then 96 then 97 And it was like always, always, always Buttigieg was winning. Until right up at the end, it came neck and neck, and it was basically a tie. And you just wonder, like, why did they release it, like, day by day by day? This is a small election. Iowa is flipping tiny. I was like, let me look it up right now, but it's... It's like bottom 10 in terms of population across the states. Sorry if you can hear that buzzing noise in the background, by the way. We've got some, we're using new equipment at the moment and it's very exciting. We can actually do call-ins. Oh shit. If I can call like one of my mates right now. That would be wild. 
me see real quick. I'll give uh, our uh, Osdorp correspondent, Timon, a quick call right now. He has some interesting takes on uh, on the whole political situation. In the meantime, I'm going to look up the population of Iowa. Hello? Hello? What? Hello, hello, my good man. Is this, uh, Timon? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to the movies now. All right. I wanted to get, this is, uh, you're the first ever call-in for Party yeah. Roulette with, uh, US politics. I had politics. a feeling, man. You can, you can, you can hear it. You oh yeah, can hear it from the from the background. Yeah, ah, okay, your phone okay. doesn't usually sound like this. Ah, it's got the upgrade. So I I wanted to know um what you thought of the recent victory for uh Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Big loss for Warren, mostly. I would have Mate, to say. Mate, scandalous. Klobuchar Big loss more. for Warren. Mate, huge. I think she might drop out. Oh man, I don't think she will. But maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, definitely after Super Tuesday, she's going to drop out. It would be great if she dropped out before oh. because there's so many delegates up for grabs in California. And if she stays in, she is going to be viable in California and she's going to get a shit ton of those delegates. Um, but maybe that could be a good thing in a way because she might keep those delegates away from people like Buttigieg and Klobuchar who would probably switch a lot of them. Everybody tends to think that loads of Warren supporters will all go to Bernie, but there's actually a lot more overlap to the establishment politicians. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the statistics, man. I'm, uh, I'm going inside the movie right now. So all right. Take care, man. Good luck with the roulette and, uh, check you later, man. Right. Thanks for uh, being a guest of your show. I'm, I'm so honored. I'm no worries, mate. You're always welcome onto the show. I, I, That was Timon, great friend of the show. <laughs> that was actually our first ever call-in on Uber Radio. So if you're listening to this now, you've just witnessed a moment in history. New new chapters and pages every day, man. It's crazy. But yeah, back to the stats. So Iowa has 3.156 million people. So you hear that, and you're like, that's the population of Wales. Why is it that Wales can't figure out the election within you know, a night, it doesn't take, I was thinking about this as well, you don't need a flipping app, you don't need any of this, you just do it the normal way, you get a call center with 30 people, there's one and a half thousand precincts, every, every person in that call center has 50 precincts, caucuses, caucuses, precincts are kind of interchangeable, um, and everybody just counts up 50, and then you can do that in two hours you just wait to get the call okay who won how many delegates how many people like i was i was looking at the calls i was in the caucus while they were reporting the results back to the people who were you know taking collecting it and it it took five minutes so i really don't believe that this this was like at best this was total incompetence at worst this is like active conspiracy collusion 
the money, the stuff with Pete's money coming in is highly dubious. And, you know, especially after 2016, my trust in the Democratic Party is already like rock bottom. And this stuff was just despicable. But the fact of the matter is, even, you know, all this, all this fuckery with like releasing the results and everything and just withholding them and then presenting it as if Pete won and then, you know, just 72%, 3 always Pete winning all, until right the last second. Putting all of that aside, Bernie actually won because they have records of all of these mistakes at caucuses. We're getting another call. Tis this time my mother. Fascinating. Hey there, mum. How you doing? You're on Uber Radio. Hello, darling. What am I live now? Again? You're live. Yeah, you're being recorded right now. This is an actual Mama. episode. So this might be uploaded. Probably Who is it? Will be Who are you with? I'm doing it on my own. This is the party roulette, the politics one. Oh, politics. They're very interesting today. Bernie got New Hampshire. He did indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really got... Oh, yeah, we spoke about it a little bit. But, yeah, I've been speaking more about Iowa. Well, you ought to speak about it. Because well, I it, do, yeah. Um, it's important, it's isn't it? Bernie. It's breaking news. It is, Felix. Yeah, yeah it is. No. South London, boy. South London. Um, so, uh, yeah, so very important. It's very important news because if Bernie Sanders Bernard becomes the president of America... The world will be a better place. That's exactly stop, what I was saying, like fifteen no minutes ago. Argument. Exactly. It's, but you know what? I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Felix. So you mean with Bernie Sanders's son and his grandson, no, he might be Felix. looking at a, a new political dynasty, is what you're telling me. I actually no, saw. I'm talking about me and you. I saw his grandson. What, what do you mean? How's this? Tell you? This isn't about me, Mum. It's about us. That's the whole slogan. Yeah, but if you were saying that 15 minutes ago, Felix, and I say it now, clearly we're on the same page. Well, you've got, you got to think bigger. This isn't about, it's not us okay, as in me and right. you, it's us as in it. The whole the whole world, you know? Everyone. I agree. Well, you're Solidarity Bernie, it's forever. not me. It's us. That's yeah. what I was just saying. Yeah, know, yeah. You, now you're paraphrasing me. Well, hey, at least I'm not hey. parachuting you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good link, wasn't it? Yeah, that was great. That was a good segue. Um, yeah, 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 it was nice. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna have to go in a minute because patient's gonna come into theatre, and then I have to. I can't just sit on the phone and talk to Uber Radio because I've got something to do. But um, I'll talk to you so, later. I'll, I'll, I'll um, give you a call in a bit. I need to get back. So we're running. Have a you bit not over. got? Do you not want to interview me? About. Oh, okay. I mean, I feel right. like you know. This space is normally reserved for political experts. I, I don't I don't really know if hey, you're qualified. I don't, I don't know if I've you're qualified enough. You've lived a life, have you? I've lived a life. I was just I saying. That, have. I was just saying that our time traveling around America uh, never really taught me what America was really like, and it was only when I was in Iowa that I started to see the real side of the states, the real America, as they call it. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like we go to we, Disney we were World having a nice stuff, time. We were going to Disney. Yeah. We were going to Disney. I mean, you know, Disney's lovely. Don't knock Disney. I, I will knock Disney. Disney's a big fat lie. Disney's a capitalist yeah, consumerist. Yeah, it might be a lie, but it's a lovely you know, lie. Hell. It's a lovely dream. I don't know. It's lovely. It's a small oh, world lovely, after Felix. all. I'm not, um, I don't yeah. know. I'm very disillusioned <laughs> by it now. Oh, don't be disillusioned. I think Bernie might close it. It can be real. 
But Bernie is not closing Disney. Bernie I'll said tell you what, I'm not gonna, He's going to close Disney. <laughs> Start closing Disney. He's closing Disney, yeah. It'll be a revolution. He's closing at least one of and them. And I'll lead it. He's not. I think you'd get a lot of support. He can close the one in China, in Shanghai, if he likes. But he's not closing the one in Florida. I love the one in Florida. All right, Mum. Well, that's some great political analysis. But I'll, right. uh, I'll catch you later. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, okay, we hope to have you again sometime. It's no, I'll send, I'll send me bill. Who does send my bill to? Just send it to that the... Expenses. Yeah, Uber Radio at at uh, gmail.com yeah sure yeah, alright yeah, yeah. see you right. darling bye, take care bye 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 that was my mother you're still there mum aren't you there she goes yeah great friend of the show uh what was I saying I completely lost my track of thought there um but yeah no I was trying to say about how um the Bernie campaign released official documents photographs of these precincts and the records from them showing how they were misreported and how the app was malfunctioning receiving the results wrong changing them uh mistakenly mostly in pete's favor so the bernie campaign has released evidence of this of the specific caucuses which were messed up which were reported falsely and they've now demanded a re-canvas. And they've calculated it and said, if you account for all the mistakes, we win. So why aren't you accounting for the mistakes? Because at first there was a few glaring ones which came out and they accounted for those ones. But now that they've like, you know, fully announced it and they've said, yeah, 100% done. The way they've responded to these calls for a re-canvas and to re-enter the correct results are, yeah, it doesn't actually matter if uh if the results are wrong because it would be illegal to change the results because the results are now legal documents and it's illegal to change legal documents bang lawyered <laughs> so just think about that for a sec they they understand that the results are incorrect and they're sitting there going no no i don't want to change it because cause I already did it. That's, that's like, that's literally what they're doing. So that's, that's, these are the people that we're dealing with here. This is the level of incompetence slash corruption, uh, which we're up against. And it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be a lot more of the same. And now if you look at the New Hampshire results, obviously like T1 was saying, it's very good that uh, Warren and Biden have fallen. I don't know so much about Warren. I'm still trying to figure out my take on her because i do definitely hold a lot of resentment against her when i was in iowa especially with all the stuff coming up against about her accusing bernie of being a sexist like seeing that unfold in real time and how that was affecting the campaign was very very annoying um, and i also felt like amongst college kids that i was talking to warren was our main competitor and i think in that demographic she is but amongst older people it's way more uh, Klobuchar and Buttigieg. Um, and there's more crossover there because a lot of people like Warren and they think she's like, they're like she is just as far left as a lot of these white middle class to upper class people will go. Whereas a guy like Bernie, they think about their houses, they think about taxes, they think about all these things because they're in a more overall privileged position. And they see Bernie and they're like, ah, right there, right there, that guy, he's a revolutionary. 
which he is. You know, Warren's going to try and change things, but ultimately it's going to be incremental, whereas Bernie is going to be total, full communism now. <laughs> uh, not really, though. But that's the impression they have of him. So Warren staying in it, like I was saying, Tima, I think might be a good thing because she might take more votes from Klobuchar and Amy, sorry, not Klobuchar and Buttigieg, than she would give to Bernie if she dropped out. So yeah, big things coming up. Uh, we have the Nevada caucus on its way on February 22nd. My boy Logan is out there knocking on doors, chilling in Vegas. Um, I really wish I could have gone. I desperately wanted to go, but it was time to get back to the radio and to studies and to life. In the Heilestad, uh, yeah. So that's been good. After Nevada, we have South Carolina, which was meant to be a surefire thing for Joe Biden. But now that he's performed like a flaming bag of dog shit on a hot August day, it's not looking too good for him, to be honest. Um, you know, a fifth place finish now, a fourth place finish in Iowa. Like, and he's not winning. And I think he knows that. And his. That was one of the things I noticed in Iowa. Like, before I went, I had this impression of, you know, it's it's going to be Biden or Bernie. Biden or Bernie. And this is a common narrative as well because he's just been f performing so well in the polls. But I always knew that that support was default support. And that's people who are just like, I don't know. Who's that guy? Biden? Oh, yeah, he's running. I guess guess him when they get asked who, do they, who are they supporting. It's all right. People, you ask them if they're supporting Bernie, they go 100%. That's my boy, Bernie Sanders, 2020. No doubt about that. Um, and I think now, especially with Biden performing so poorly in Iowa and just being abysmal in every single debate of this entire campaign, that has eventually just built up to people being like, no, we're not choosing that guy. We're going to choose somebody who actually is not senile, who actually can string a complicated sentence together and have like real discussions with it like the stuff that's been coming out of his campaign it's amazing the whole thing where he called that guy fat like ne let's never forget about that please he called somebody was calling him out on his corruption and his response was listen here fat you and me let's do a push-up contest <laughs> like uh, uh, the the stones it takes to have that as your response. Not only the stones, but the lack of a, of a brain is, is just incredible. And the other day, he called someone a pony-faced liar. What was that? Let me, please, let me look this up for a sec. Pony-faced... <laughs> yeah, so somebody else... Let me read this article real quick. It's in The Guardian. It was all. It's <laughs> the first line. This is this story's from. What is this? Maybe like three days ago, four days ago. This one was campaigning in New Hampshire. If I can find the the date. Yeah, this was Monday. This was two days ago. It was all going so badly for Joe Biden, and then it got worse. <laughs> so he was. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Madison Moore, 21-year-old economic student, asked Biden 
whether voters could remain confident in his campaign after his poor performance in the Iowa caucuses? Great question. Legitimate question. Probably the best question that you can ask a Joe Biden event before Iowa, before like after Iowa, before New Hampshire. Just a great question. Overall, I'm sh- it seems like she worded it in a nice way. That's not aggressive. That's not anything. Biden asked her if she had ever attended a caucus, which is basically the equivalent of like, just trying to you know dodge the question and pick apart you know the context of the question for no direct reason like that is just not relevant at all. But then Moore, who's obviously a quick thinker and uh, politically engaged, said yes, <laughs> and that's not a crazy thing either. You know, I've been to a caucus. I'm not even American. There's caucuses all over the place. They're a reasonably common thing. Biden responded, "No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier." You know what? We're gonna just gonna hook it up to here, and we're gonna play it out my laptop because you guys deserve to listen to Joe Biden saying stupid shit. Part of me does, obviously not really, but just imagine how amazing it would be the debates Trump versus Biden. Trump would just rail him and rail him and rail him, like he would lich. Biden would get tongue tied and just say some. Rid- ridiculous stuff and then trump would be there and be like what was that what was that what was that mate go back go back go back pause what did you just say my man you just said pony face dog liar play the kids record players we need to hear more words what does that mean explain yourself because that hasn't been happening in the democratic debates nobody's called out uncle joe handsy uncle joe for being senile because they're all a bit shook they're all a bit like yeah you know let's 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 not be rude Trump's thing is that he's rude. He's given like, there's another thing I'm going to show you as well. Hold on. So this is this is the Joe Biden thing. This is the lying dog face pony soldier. Let's turn the volume a bit on here. Let's crank it up. Hi, my name is Madison, and I'm an econ student at Mercer University. And oh, awesome. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit rude. Okay. So I was telling people when I was I was an econ student when I was canvassing. Um, Makes people think that you know, socialism is not um, that bad. So you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So in the participation. So how do you explain the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? Great question. What a question. It's a good question. Number one. Number one. <laughs> I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a little bit confusing in Iowa, number one. But let's assume it was all, everything was exactly right in Iowa. Oh my God. The idea that you come in with about half the, can, half the delegates that the leaders come in with, in Iowa, does not necessarily say how you're going to win Pennsylvania, how you're going to win Michigan, where, by the way, the the uh, Black Caucus of the, the Michigan legislature just endorsed me in spite of all of this, where the unions have endorsed me in spite of all this, etc. You can't win. You can't win. <sighs> you're a lion, dog-faced, pony soldier. What on earth does that even mean? What does that mean? Let's find out. 
At least I'm not eating donuts again, eh, Ziggy? I want to give a shout-out to my boy Ziggy. Number one fan of the show. It was his birthday within the last week. And uh, he'll be getting some Uber Radio stickers as a present. So we're going we're gonna to search it real quick. What? Let me move my laptop quicker because I'm straining a bit. Just what? I see. I, I want some analysis into this. Let's see. There's been a lot of articles I can see about it. This is the real the real story of the election. Forget New Hampshire, man. Lying dog-faced pony soldier. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's a phrase he's used before. It's like a running joke. So the hardcore Biden supporters were like, ha ha, reference, nice. <laughs> My man. And he attributes it to John Wayne. Though his actual provenance is somewhat unclear. So if he thinks it's from John Wayne. We can't be sure. <laughs> but yeah. What a guy. Yeah, I want to show you um, Trump speaking about what he would say so he was doing an interview and he was asked what would you say to all of the different democratic nominees which is a great question um, and it really illuminates how the debates would play out and the the weaknesses which trump would exploit of the different candidates because ultimately one of the main reasons why trump won is that he was able to just dominate hillary in all of the debates and just pick her apart and be like you're corrupt you've done this you voted for the iraq war you did this you did that you did this you did that and it sh exposed how weak she was and so many people watching it were just like yeah man like hillary hillary ain't shit you know and it wasn't they necessarily went to go to trump but they just stayed at home because why would you vote for hillary uh where's it going oh yeah I'm gonna go on my boy, my boy Kyle. Secular talk, shout out. Don't know why I'm giving him a shout. Out. Like he needs it. He's got 800k subscribers and a Patreon with 5k a month, maybe even more. It's gonna be me one day, guys. Shout out, boys! So thank you so much. Anybody who donated to the to the GoFundMe, that was that was actually very incredible and humbling to see people willing to support me and my efforts. For political revolution and solidarity across America and then following that the world. But yeah, thank you to everyone. Let me find this real quick. Yes, Trump plays word association. Oh, Game of Thrones? Hello. Right. Ah! Might be copyrighted, so we're going to turn that off. Bloody, bloody Spotify, man. Interview with Sean Hannity played the word association game with the Democratic candidates. Let's watch. Okay, this is going to be hard for you. This is called our lightning round here. Right. Um, I'm just going to throw out a name. Trouble loves Whatever lightning. comes to your mind. Okay. We'll start with Joe Biden. I just think of Sleepy. I, I just watch him. He's Sleepy, Sleepy Joe. Hunter, Hunter Biden. There we go, Sleepy Joe. That's that's Biden's campaign done. In two words, that's his campaign done. Sleepy Joe. 
Next Where's one. Hunter? Where is he? <laughs> he? He's no Hunter Biden. Biden. I just think of Sleepy. I, I just watch him. He's Sleepy, Sleepy Joe. Hunter, Hunter Biden. Where's Hunter? Where is he? <laughs> he made millions of dollars. He went from having no job, no income. He had nothing. As you know, he had a very sad experience in the military. He has nothing to making millions and millions of dollars a year, not just from Ukraine, from China and from other countries. China. How can you do this? This is crooked as hell. What they did is very dishonest. Bernie Sanders. Wonderful there. You see that. Like Again, Sleepy Joe, Hunter Biden. Biden's campaign's done. Trump beat the impeachment stuff. And the stuff the impeachment was about in the first place was trying to expose how Hunter Biden and Joe Biden have been corrupt. And the impeachment trial, more than anything else, actually successfully brought that into the national discourse and has every single Republican, anybody who's even moderately interested in U.S. politics, is now aware of the fact that Joe Biden is corrupt and that he did get his son onto the board of a Ukrainian energy firm with dodgy backroom deals. That's a fact. And Trump is going to rail that and rail that and rail that Crooked Joe, Sleepy Joe, Hunter Biden is a crook. You're a crook. You're all crooks. I'm great. My name's Donald Trump. And it will work. Cause it worked last time, didn't it? So then he goes on to Bernie. And you're going to see. You're going to see why Bernie would never, ever lose a debate to Donald Trump. This is crooked as hell. What they did is very dishonest. Bernie Sanders. Well, I think he's a communist. I mean, you know, look, I think of communism when I think of Bernie. Now, you could say socialist, but did he get married in Moscow? And that's wonderful. Moscow's wonderful. Might have been the honeymoon. You don't think necessarily, well, whatever. But you don't necessarily think in terms of marriage, Moscow. And it's wonderful. I'm not <laughs> knocking it, but I think of Bernie sort of as a socialist, but far beyond a socialist. Elizabeth Warren. At least he's true to what he believes. That's one thing. Because you mentioned now Elizabeth Warren. She's not true to it. I call her fairy tale. Because everything's a fairy tale. That's how Pocahontas got started. Everything's a fairy tale. This woman can't tell the truth. Michael Bloomberg. Oh, uh, God. So very that, little. I'll let it play. I just think of little. You know, now he wants a box for the debates <laughs> to stand on. Okay, it's okay. There's nothing wrong. You could be short. Why should he get a box to stand on, okay? He wants a box for the debates. Why should he be entitled to that? I, really? Then does that mean everyone else gets a box? I guess if they want one, I have to negotiate well, boxes. Very interesting. Uh, Cory Booker and all these people couldn't get any of the things that Bloomberg's getting now. I think it's very unfair for the Democrats, but I would love to run against Bloomberg. So, yeah, that that was really illuminating. So you see him talk about Bernie. What does he say? Well, he's a communist. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a communist. Bernie's not a communist. He's a socialist, which means... Basically nothing, you know. Everybody who's a half decent, non-completely, vehemently individualistic person is a socialist to some extent or another. They just they might not realize it, but they are. Um, and he says he's a communist. He's not, he's not a communist, you know. I'm a part of all these Facebook groups where Bernie Sanders memes are circulated, like like we're all about to die or something. And people are like, I, you know, they share like Trump saying this or Ben Shapiro said it or something, and everyone's like. I wish he was a communist. I wish he was sharing this like it's a bad thing. It'd be great if he was a communist. But yeah, he's not. And that's the only thing Trump has to say. And, you know, brings up his honeymoon in Moscow. 
Like, what? That's that's genuinely all he's got. He's got. He doesn't have the age thing because he's only like three years younger than than uh, Bernie. Doesn't have any policy substance. Can't look at his record. Bernie is flawless in every possible sense. The only thing he has is communism, and that is not going to land. In that interview there, it didn't land. It's not going to land on the debate stage, especially when Bernie's pulling him apart with like policy banger after banger and like, look at yourself, bro. Look at yourself standing there. How have you helped anybody? You haven't helped anybody in your entire life. Think about that. Not one guy. I've helped out like countless guys. That's me. I'm Bernie Sanders, 2020. And that's going to resonate. And it's going to be facts. And then you go to Elizabeth Warren. I mean, it's a bit less relevant now that she just finished with what? Let me get the exact stats from New Hampshire up on the screen. Because after all, this is a news-based one now. New Hampshire primary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, it's the final count. Uh, the final count was Bernie Sanders with 25.7% of the vote. Pete Buttigieg, 24.4% of the vote. Amy Klobuchar with 19.8% of the vote. Elizabeth Warren, 9.2% of the vote. Abysmal showing from her, especially considering not two weeks ago, she was polling around 20% in New Hampshire. And now Klobuchar, who has barely ever polled higher above 10% in New Hampshire, has managed to get 20. I think it was most most likely because she had a very strong debate. This is like this is insane how much can come down to these like you know these five or six sentences in the debate before the the election, you know. Um but yeah, the new the as you saw there what Trump said about Warren. Pocahontas, Pocahontas, she's you can't believe where she's very tough. She's very tough and he's going to rail on that if it was Trump versus Warren. Every single five minutes in the debates. Well, uh, you lied about being Native American for 30 years so that you could get a position at a university and pretend to be a woman of color. So, uh, yeah, you're a liar. And he's just called a lion, lion Warren, Lion Liz. Lion Liz, what a ring that has. Crooked Hill, Sleepy Joe, Lion Liz. What is that? Commie, Commie Bernie? Commie Bernie? Doesn't ring, doesn't ring, man. Doesn't stick. And then with Michael Bloomberg as well, who really, at this point, if I'm looking at the field, it is between, I, it's insane to say at this early stage after only two states, but I, I think Warren and Biden are done. I think they're donezos. You can't perform this badly in the first two states and still be viable. This is like, it's just unprecedented to have this terrible of a showing and then go on to win it. And they know that. So I think they might drop out before it gets a bit more embarrassing. Um, so right now, really, it's... Can't be I'm saying it, but like Klobuchar has a really outside shot. She's up there, third place, chasing on the coattails of Buttigieg and Sanders. And especially with Warren out, you know, she is the female vote now, which is big. Um, very big. Yeah. But then apart from those three, you have little Mike, mini Mike coming in, who isn't even that little. Let me let's find out his height. This is a 
if you're still listening at this point, you're probably like a family member or something. <laughs> Hi, Grandpa. How you doing? Really happy to hear the surgery went well. Um, yeah, what's Michael's Michael's hype? Oh, he's 173. That's not short at all. Inches? Inches. Let's see that. He's six. He's five foot eight. Ah, that's not even that small, man. But you saw Trump there like, he wants a box. He wants a box. He wants a box for the debates. He, wants a, he's a, he doesn't want a box. Obviously, he doesn't want a box. But like, look at his ability to just say nonsense and make it sound real. And with a guy like Bloomberg, like who isn't going to be able to respond with hard policy substance and a record to back it up, you know he's going to get bogged down in that stuff. I'm not little. I'm I'm five foot eight. And then as soon as you do that, like it's done. Trump's won, you know. And that is that's his line of attack, and it'll it just won't work against Bernie because he'll never go down in the gutter with him. But yeah. Besides all that. What else are we looking at today? Uh, yeah, I can tell you some more about just what happened in Iowa. <clears throat> so on the on D-Day, February 3rd, I was uh, shipped out to Kirkwood Community College. And I hadn't been there before. I'd been at Coe College the day before. And for the last two weeks, I mostly operated on college campuses, talking to people there because the... The contact rate you can get on a college campus is insane because you just stand around, especially if you look like you're uni you're a university student as well, and you can kind of blend in. Um, I was able to talk to like, you know, ten people an hour, which is when you're knocking doors, you'll never get ten conversations in an hour. Really, you'll get maybe good ones like three or four. Um, but like because of the one, as soon as you finish one, next person, next person, next person, bang, 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 bang. But it, it's exhausting after a while. But I was doing it at this like uh, this public college uh, near my house, where I was staying with this woman called Devery, who is an absolute saint, wonderful lady, um, with her with her dog and six cats. Dog was called Dozer. Cats were called Buddha. Don't remember the names of the other five. <laughs> One of them I never saw because he didn't leave the basement. Uh, great cats, all in all. Great family. Um, but yes, I was at this private college walking around there. And I did it for a day and they told me to leave. Because um, they were like, what are you doing here? Are you, what are you soliciting? I was like, nah. They were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm talking about Bernie, innit? No, that's the listening. I was like, I'm not selling anything. They were like, yeah, but you're, you're, you're pestering people with your politics. I was like, is that illegal? What about First Amendment, man? And he was like, nah, man, it's private property. You got to leave. You got to leave. And I was like, all right, cool. So I left only after I spoke to another guy and they told me to leave twice. Um, and I went back there a day later. So this was on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. And I was walking around the campus and I was like having a lot of success, like doing it for like four hours. And then I'm speaking to this one girl and these two dudes rock up in their little like police car fucking thing. And they hop out and they're like staring at me as I'm talking to them. I turn around, I see them and they're like, they're like what are you doing, bro? And I was like, I'm just having a chat. And they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, what about about politics? Are you still listening? And I was like, 
yeah, sort of. And they were like, oh, are you you're a student here? And I was like, uh, no. And they were like, well, you got to leave, man. You got to leave. I was like, skiing. So I started walking off campus. As I'm walking, I see a girl coming towards me. Started talking to her about Bernie, you know, one for the road. And then they come up again in the car, pull up. And they're like, what are you doing, man? Don't make us call the cops. And I was like, oh, man, chill out. Like, I'm basically already off the grounds. And then as I'm walking out, I'm thinking, like, all right, I'm hungry. I can either go to Wendy's, which is right here. Wendy's, by the way, is an American fast food chain. Great burgers. But I've been there the day before. And I was like, you know, unhealthy, two days in a row, same fast food place. Not going to do that. What I am going to do, though, is walk back back onto the campus go to the cafeteria which anybody can use i did it before i did paid like i wasn't shooting i asked them went in sat down had a nice meal home cooked stuff buffet style and i was i just do that i just want to solicit i'll just walk in like you know i'm not doing anything wrong and but i was thinking like yeah this is a bit risky i shouldn't shouldn't really be going back in here and off they told me they might call the police and I'm walking back in and I'm about to walk into the cafeteria and the two dudes are standing there next to the entrance, like as if they'd like been waiting for me or something. And then they were like, what are you doing here, man? Now you're inside our property. Now you're directly trespassing on our property. What do you think you're doing here, man? What? 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 <laughs> just, I'm there like, man, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about it. I just want to have some food. I just want to get some nice grub. Nice home-cooked stuff in there. It's good. And you're like, we can't do that, man. We told you to leave, man. We told you to call the cops. And the other dude was on the phone. And he turns to me. He's like, he's here. He's on the phone with the police. And I was like, no, he's not. Come on. And then the guy looks at me. He's like, yeah, he's about, uh, he's about six foot two, uh, Caucasian male, blonde hair. We asked him to leave twice. And he still hasn't left. What should we do? And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm getting out of here ASAP. So I just ran out and they kind of like sped walk, followed me like while they were still on the phone. I was like, what a pair of Muppets, man. Not having that. But yeah, so that was the day before I went to Kirkwood. And uh, you know, I was like, this is this is the revolution. The police are being called. <laughs> really felt like a fighter, you know. Uh, but the next day was election day, February 3rd, big tanks. And I get dropped off at Kirkwood Community College. And I was just going to hustle there all day and see if I could speak to as many people as possible before the caucus. Um, but then I met up with this girl, Morgan, who was organizing, who was a Bernie staffer, who was organizing the campus effort at this satellite caucus. And a satellite caucus, for those of you who don't know, is something new they implemented this year, where normally you just have neighborhood caucuses, which are done by location. But a satellite caucus um, is made for people it's made for overflow for students um, on campuses and also for minority groups, people who are speaking Spanish or African languages, whatever. Um, also for workers who work night shifts. There were some ones during the day. Um, so it was actually, it was quite a big thing. And the Bernie campaign made it a focal point of the campaign to try and overwhelm these satellite caucuses with people so that we pick up all the delegates. And I meet with this girl, Morgan, and she's like, yeah, there's a satellite caucus here tonight. If we can get 100 people there, we get nine delegates for Bernie. And nine is like basically the max you can get in any caucus. So I heard that and I was like, right, that's the job. So for like eight hours straight, just talking to everyone I could see, blah, blah, blah. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. My, my brain was mush by the end of it. Absolute mush. 
just saying the same like 20 sentences over and over again like i could i could do it in my sleep now you know yeah i did all that and the caucus came around i was even diverting people away from the caucus within the the college to the one the satellite one around the corner because i was looking inside and i was like right well this caucus there's less delegates up for grabs and it's already very split between Buttigieg and bernie and all these people so we're going to be viable here but we're not going to get a majority so there's actually no point having all these bernie supporters here when at the satellite caucus it's done based on turnout so the 100 people we get nine delegates i wasn't aware of distribution at the time but i think uh, between yeah between 80 and 100 is 8 60 and 80 is 7 and uh, 40 and 60 is 6 and then it just goes down by tens after that so i didn't know any of that so i was just trying to get as many people in this room as possible and i turn up there and the girl morgan is kind of hosting it uh, there's another kid there from the college who was uh the precinct chair the caucus chair and it was such a wild setting man you've got all these people and for like for us in that caucus it was inspirational because we had 74 people initially it was 64 bernie supporters and nine yang supporters so the way it works as well is that to be viable i think i mentioned this earlier you have to have 15 percent. so in my one 15 percent was 11 people so for yang to be yang was the second highest group they had nine so they were two off viability so they weren't viable and then in the break they tried to convince people to come over and nobody went and i was convincing the yang people to come over to us instead and a few of them did but i was like i was i was very proud of myself actually because i was looking around the room and i could see like a good 15 people in the bernie camp out of the original 61 who were fully like i i got them there you know i spoke to these kids that day and told them to come and convinced them of bernie and everything that he's doing and how this was a really small thing that can make a huge difference i was looking at them and they were nodding at me and i was like man like my children you're beautiful thank you like humble 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 stuff <laughs> and i did the math as well afterwards and i was like well if you know we got seven out of seven because yang wasn't viable which is huge you know that was a lot and i was thinking like if i hadn't got those 15 people then there would have only been 59 people in the room then only six delegates would have been up for grabs and yang would have been viable because the viability then 15 percent of 59 is around like eight point something so it would, viability would have been eight and then yang would have been viable so then he would have got two out of the six delegates so then all of a sudden, Bernie Camp gets four delegates instead of seven. And that for me like made all of it worth it. It made every like the whole month of like knocking on doors, toes freezing off, Trump's I was in a town, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. We were looking for a precinct captain. You've you've never seen middle of nowhere until you've been to Grand Mount, Iowa. Head there on your next holiday, it's beautiful. There's maybe like sixty houses in the whole town. There's one bar. And it's the most typical looking dead ass American bar you've ever seen in your life. Great fried food, to be fair. And I walk in. We've just been knocking doors for like three, four hours. I'm tired as shit. I walk up to the bar. I'm like, mozzarella sticks, chicken wings, and a blue moon, please, barkeep. The woman's like, no worries. And I look down the bar. And there's this like 
like archetype Trump supporter, like made in a lab, you know, with like the the kind of flannel vest and the denim jeans, like pulled up just for the belly button, trucker hat, handlebar mustache, kind of a mullet as well, but not like a cool, edgy, you know, Amsterdam guy mullet you see in the school or like my friend Lex used to have. This is a this is a real mullet. This is an OG racist mullet. <laughs> And he like he sees my Bernie badge. That was the only Bernie thing I was wearing. I was keeping a low profile always. And he's like, "Hey, Bernie, why don't you get the fuck out of here?" And I was like, "I was like, yeah, man, Bernie Sanders." And I just looked away. I was like, "I'm not gonna make eye contact with that guy because he he will fight me and he will probably win." <laughs> but I was just I felt like I was in a movie or something, you know? Just you know. Trump supporters screaming at people in bars. Great fun, though. Great fun. But yeah, I think I'm going to end it here because we're approximately one hour, 20-something right now, which is a ridiculous length. Uh, those are uh, some, of my, some of my Iowa stories. It was a great month in general. Again, thank you so much to anybody who contributed towards that. Uh, very special times. But yeah, keep on hustling. Keep on moving forward. And for the first time, really ever i do feel confident about bernie and his chances because the one thing that was scaring me was joe biden and just his polling data and how he was he was whacking it out of the park in so many places but now he's knocked off his perch and it's between klobuchar and and Buttigieg. it's a it's a wide open race and bernie is the only guy who has the solid foundations to take it home but yeah i've been felix it's been party roulette we'll catch up next week uh probably before the Nevada caucus, which is going to be fat. Put your money down. It's good in Nevada as well. You can actually bet on it because gambling is legal. But yeah, take care, everybody. Thank you for listening.